Be the right club. Be the right club today. Yeah. I mean, that's better than most. How about him? That is better than most. Better than most. Expect anything different. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the No Laying Up podcast. I've canceled on him once this week, but this is Thursday. March 31st, we still don't know the fate of one Tiger Woods, but we have Kyle Porter here from CBS. I want your final answer. I know we've been back and forth, back and forth on this. Is Tiger Woods playing in the Masters? I just want to know what time Mike Weir's tea time is on, on Thursday morning. <laughs> that's, the only, that's the biggest question going into the Masters for yeah, you? Yeah, forget Tiger. Let's, let's talk about Mike Weir. Now, I, there's no way Tiger's playing. Right. Uh, uh, they're, they're saving it for a Friday news dump. Like, this is incredibly obvious. They're going to just throw it away on Friday afternoon. You know, Tiger's not playing, but he's got a timetable. His tragic looks good. Like, you know, all the all the usual stuff. I mean, they're not they're not playing this on a simulator, are they? Like, if I mean, they're not playing the, the 2016 Masters on a simulator. I mean, if it was the par 3 course, maybe if you could play it on the simulator, <laughs> but I'm not sure. <laughs> no, it, it is interesting that it's gone till seven days before the event, and then we still haven't heard anything. I don't understand the rationale behind that. I want, I'm guessing that just is to, to get people doing exactly what we're doing right now, which is talk about it. Yeah, it's it's weird, right? Because last time, uh, 2014, when he when he withdrew, he did it. I, I believe it was nine days before the event. Now that was a little different. Oh, they did it on April Fool's Day, first of all, which was which was terrible. But that was a little different because he actually had surgery. This time, presumably, there's no surgery. There might be. I don't know. Um, but uh, yeah, it's kind of strange for them to wait this long. Yeah, I mean. Uh... I, I just don't feel like Tiger does stuff just for media attention. At this point, I don't think he has anything to gain from that. So I, I, it is the only question I'm asking myself is why hasn't he announced yet? Otherwise, it, it doesn't make any sense. None of it adds up. It, we haven't. Like, I don't think he's made golf swings past that simulator swing, really, which was just kind of a, 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 a kind of an fu to anyone that was reporting that he was still you know bedridden and whatnot. But. Um, it doesn't add up, but it is it is really funny. I I've actually got, it's kind of like I've stared at it so long that I've gotten like um, Stockholm syndrome is not the right word for it, but like I've somehow talked myself into it that he's gonna play. Even though like, I know he's not in my head, I've kind of talked myself into that he's gonna play at this point. But what is he gonna do if he plays? Like like what is that gonna look like? Well, I keep going back to that. I I get every Tiger prediction wrong. Okay, I didn't think there was any way he'd play last year. I didn't think, yeah, I didn't think it I didn't made either. sense. I didn't think he was going to make the cut, um, and then he was, you know, in the top six going into Sunday, and I triumphantly declared that he was back on Twitter. I, I think I even used an exclamation point in there. I said, "I'm ready to say it. He's back." And <laughs> how did that call look out? So I, 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 don't, I get nothing right when it comes to Tiger, and uh, yeah. So hopefully that's good news because hopefully he does play. That'd be really even if he shoots 85, 85. I think that would be. Kind of interesting if he did show up this week. Well, the I think the only way he plays is if he, similar to last year's Masters, when he uh, when he healed himself, he healed his own wrist. Maybe he healed oh, his true. own back. That's true. That's true. Maybe something about just being at Augusta 
lets him just ab- like heal himself, pop bones back into place, and yeah, he probably he probably just had to go back to Augusta to get his front tooth replaced when that popped out without spilling any blood at the ski at the ski at Lindsey Vonn ski event. So are we still like underplaying how weird that quote was? How did they, how did people just let that go? Like that that was there wasn't a follow up question to that. It was like yeah, it got knocked out and there wasn't any blood. It's, oh okay okay sounds good. Same with Rinaldi just let it go too when Tiger was like yeah yeah my bone popped out of place. But I just I just popped it back in and played the, yeah. played the remaining nine holes. We're always like, I just, oh, I okay. just healed my broken wrist. Yeah. <laughs> no oh, follow. Okay. No. Uh, well, have a good dinner, Tiger. All right. Well, so by the time this probably gets posted, he will have announced that he's not playing. So we just wasted the four minutes of everyone's time. But anyways, yeah. um, seven days before the Masters, how many words have you written so far already? Well, I just I just uh, filed a I ranked the field one to eighty eight, and that was about six thousand on its own. Um, I, I'm I'm already like I'm already stressed out, and it's and it's the Thursday before the it's not even the Thursday of Masters Week. It's it's the Thursday before. I, I'm excited though. I'm going. Did you know that? I did know that. That's I, is this your first time going as a media member? First time going as a media member. Yeah. Been before a few times as a fan. Um, yeah, so I'm 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 jacked up. I'm fired up. I'm gonna be there for nine days. Um, I'm going to send a screenshot to our group text of the uh, when I win the lottery to oh, play the course. I was just gonna, that was gonna be my next question. Is this is there really a lottery at Augusta? I didn't think there was one. And then I'm gonna leave the group text and not talk to you. <laughs> I should have let you finish that. But I don't want no, no, you. In the, there, if you play the Gusset, there, there, I don't want a you. Lottery. Okay. Um, that, that's right. Only like four guys or something like that, isn't it? No, I think it's like 30. Oh, wow. I'm, 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 on, I'm on top of this one, if you can't tell. Got in- so, the first, so the first time I found out, the first year I, I was working for CBS, it was kind of up in the air whether I was going to go. And I was talking to Shane Bacon about it because he had just left CBS. And. He, we were talking about the lottery, and he said, if you get to go and you win the lottery to play the course, I'm going to send ricin to your, <laughs> to your... This was during the Breaking Bad years, huh? Yeah, to your house in the mail. I'm going to mail it to you, and, I'm, and you're going to open it. <laughs> I, it was so funny, dude. I, I, I died whenever he said that to me. Ricin. Uh, uh, but yeah, no, it's... Uh, it's one of the uh, alluring things about covering it as a media member. Well, you just gave yourself homework, by the way, because I'm requiring that you tweet before you go. Um, all, it has to be like in PDF format, like you're scripting for the chance if you if you actually get to play Augusta come Monday. <laughs> I'll, I'll lay it out on my uh, yeah on my nightstand and just tweet it out for the for the world. I think that gets you casually like slowly withdrawn from the from the lottery, like. We're just gonna escort you off the premises as soon as you're done. I'll over. show up for for parking the first day, and they'll be like, "Yeah, we don't see you on this list anymore." <laughs> you're running enough risk as it is just coming on this podcast before you go. You should, I, if I was you, I'd be like in full protection mode, watching every word I say, making sure I don't get banned from that place. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm, uh, in all seriousness, I'm, I'm very excited. The, the <laughs> switches very quickly. Yeah, I'm, I'm back. I'm back in uh, yeah, tiger mode. Uh, I'm I'm super excited about it. The Augusta National people have been um, incredibly accommodating, very nice. Um, it's gonna it's gonna be awesome. I mean, it's the best week of the golf year, obviously. And uh, 
when Phil wins his fourth green jacket, I'm going to be there to cover it. Wow. Okay. First of all, I was going to say you're safe. No one from Augusta is listening to this podcast. And that answers my question I had for who your pick is. That's your official on-the-record pick then, huh? Yeah. I turned it in today. I've wow. got Phil. Um, if you look so, – so last year he finished tied for second. He only lost because Jordan Spieth put up one of the two – best performance scoring performances of all time at, at Augusta. He was terrible going into last year. His average finish in his in his six events leading up to last year's Masters was 39th. And I think he had like two or three missed cuts in there. I mean, it was just egregious. This year his average finish has been like 21st and him and Ricky Fowler are the only two guys on tour so far this season uh, in the top 20 in strokes gain putting and strokes gain tee to green. He's leading, he's leading the PGA Tour in, in adjusted scoring average, 69.008. I mean, he, he's been unbelievable this year. How many stats do you want from here? I was just going to let you keep going until I gave you my reasoning for picking Spieth, which was I picked him before the season, so I'm sticking with that. So. <laughs> the other day but i think that phil's got one last major in him i don't think it's going to be a a u.s open i know it's not going to be a british open that was just a bizarre one-off i I think it's going to be either a pga championship or a masters and and i think the strangest thing about all of this it doesn't feel like phil is almost as old as jack was in 1986 when he won it does it no it doesn't i mean I, i don't even look at phil as old to be honest i mean i don't think uh I mean, yeah, he's had a down couple years, but I, that almost is already forgotten for me. Like, it's not strange to see him in contention anymore. Um, not strange to see him get off to a hot start. He's not really put four rounds together and really come close. Well, he came really close at Pebble this year, but um, it's not. It's I'm not viewing him the same way I viewed him going to the tournament last year, or maybe even the year before when we hadn't seen him. Uh, you know, really. I guess that's 2014 might not be the best example because he just won the British. You know, eight eight or nine months before that, but. It seems like he was kind of an afterthought last year, surprised people with the T2, and then got really quiet afterwards again. But that's almost forgotten. If you, if you look, I, I think he's got a great chance to contend this week. But that, that's the problem is, like, you can say that for, like, 12 guys right now. You and I had a, did a, a preview podcast last year for the Masters talking about how there's just too many guys to pull for. And it ended up, I mean, Spieth kind of ran away with it, but a lot of those guys we were talking about before were hanging around right near the top of the lead. Like, this this court this tournament is just set up for such perfect drama, and we have like six guys that I would be zero percent surprised if they won. And they're probably I got like, between Spieth, Day, Rory, Scott, Ricky, and Phil. And I probably left somebody out by naming them that fast. Like there's uh-huh. Bubba, Bubba, yeah. There's like zero zero percent shock if I if any of those guys win. And as scary as that is, Bubba being a three time jacket winner and three times in five <laughs> years, and but. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm not. I'll deal with. I'll cross that bridge that comes to it. What should my punishment be if Bubba wins? Like, what should I do? Just like log off Twitter for like a month or what? Uh, yeah. Well, you should probably just change your Twitter profile to. You should have to like just tweet something nice about him like once a week for the next, for the rest of the year. Well, let's, let's let's go with things that are actually actually physically possible, like actual <laughs> things that that can happen. You should not be allowed. What is your uh, your triumvirate of, of courses? Uh, Riviera, Memorial, and uh, and, and, Augusta. And, and Augusta. And Augusta. Yeah. It, and uh, you, you should. Well, I can't say this about the Masters. You should just not be allowed to watch Riviera and Memorial anymore. My home course, like Memo- not my home course, but that's my hometown <laughs> tournament, man. Memorial is my hometown tournament. You can't do that to me. 
your home course. Uh, yeah, I, I wish. I, I wish. Yeah, uh, but, I mean, the point remains. Like you, the the seven guys you mentioned, I'll throw. Uh, I'll throw Justin Rose in there. I'll throw Louis Oosthuizen in there. Do we really think the winner's coming from outside of that group? No, I, I don't. I definitely don't think it will. Um, I don't at all. I don't know. I, mean, I don't know who the. I mean, it, uh, it's it's so it's easy to forget though. And granted, there's a big difference in three rounds versus four. But wasn't Charlie Hoffman in the last group last year, or second to last, maybe last group on Saturday? Yeah, he was in the last group on Saturday That's before right. he bogeyed, I think, number two, and uh, we haven't seen him since. He got dropped from coverage for <laughs> the whole tournament. But what about, like, I mean, the next group, I guess, is like Schwartzel, Stenson, Snedeker, Matsuyama, Zach Johnson. Like, that would that would surprise me. It wouldn't, like, blow me away, right? Did you know that Stenson's never had a top ten at Augusta? Really? Did yeah. he shoot like sixty four uh, opening round one year or something, or sixty eight with a quad? Didn't he quad the last hole? Yeah, no, I think he did. I think he led after. I think he pulled like a the Bill Haas Memorial and led after uh, after the first round. But yeah, he's never had a top ten there. I, I just I don't know. Like I, I look at these guys, these historically great guys, like uh, like Rory already is. Like we think Spieth and probably Day will be. And it's like, is is even like, is Jimmy Walker gonna beat out all of these guys in, in at, at Augusta? Yeah. You know, like it's one thing if if you've got a couple that are historically great and and some others that are kind of playing well, but you have four or five historically great players that are all playing really well coming into the Masters. It's just, it, it's so hard to beat two or three of them, much less you know eight of them, like we mentioned. Yeah, I mean, what do you think? After what we saw last year, Spieth burned the, burned it to the ground, burned the entire course to a crisp. Like, do are we expecting firm greens this year, or what? What are they? The, Augusta's not going to want to see minus eighteen beaten at all. What do you, what changes do you think they're going to make for the current year? Well, uh, Spieth did a like a recon mission before Cadillac and, and said that it was. Uh, he said it's pretty quick, and so yeah, I think that. I mean, I it's hard for me to see like something past thirteen or fourteen winning it this year. Um, but then it might, I mean, it's supposed to rain on Thursday and Friday. So, they, I mean, you can't, you can't help that. And, you know, I, I don't know. It'll be interesting. Speaking of rain, then that transitions well to the next guy that, uh, I wouldn't say people aren't talking about, but just kind of, he's maybe, you know, he's listed as the third favorite on the board, second type of speed, but a little bit quiet chatter going into about Rory. And it's not the same attention on the career slam this year as it was last year. Uh, how are you feeling about his chances? Yeah, so his his problem, I mean, if you look at his last 10 rounds of stroke play, Sean Zach of uh, Golf.com pointed this out to me. He's got 10 double bogeys or worse in his last 10 rounds of stroke play. And, and, and that's how you lose the Masters, specifically. I mean, we saw that with Phil uh, in, I think it was 2012 when, when Bubba won. Um Phil tripled number four in the yeah. final round, and, and he could have won it that year. He, he could have at least gotten into a playoff. I mean, that's that's exactly how you lose the Masters is by making a double bogey uh, on on Saturday or Sunday and kind of falling out of it. But, I mean, I don't know. I just watch him, and it's like, I, I don't know. Like, am I wrong in thinking that he looks kind of confident with the putting stroke right now? I like putting it. Stroke? I'm, in, I'm all in on it. I, I really like it. I think, well, I, it – 
it's far be it for me to compare myself to Roy McIlroy, but I'm a really I'm a really bad putter. No, so. that's that's exactly what I was expecting to be, actually. <laughs> well, I'm a really bad putter, so I change something about my putting maybe once every three months, and that first that first uh, I guess wave after switching always feels great. Like I'll switch the left hand low, and I'll yeah. just be like, "Why have I not been doing this the whole time?" Or I'll I'll do the claw, or I'll go to the broomstick. Or I, I've tried a lot of things. Trust me. Um, so I think that, that it's definitely a one-to-one apples-to-apples comparison that this is, this is what Rory's experiencing with the transition to the left-hand low. But uh, no, I haven't got to watch a lot of him playing, but I've been look, following the stats closely because I have been already reading about people saying he needs to switch back. And uh, it looks like it's working out pretty well in his benefits so far. So it's not that that's cost him so far. It's been his ball striking that's been a little bit shaky. And I don't know if that makes me less or more encouraged going into it. I don't know if ball striking is something you can really just, you know, flip a switch and turn on, but you know, something about that place for some guys really um fits their eye and that it 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 it, get, it just gives them that extra level of confidence in their ball striking that they don't have to worry about their misses, right? They don't have to worry about their drives getting too wayward and there's not a lot of fairway bunkers there and um I mean Rory's not fin- ever really finished great or put strung four rounds together, but like we, for- it's easy to forget how close he was to like running away with it in 2011. Yeah. And, um, and and yeah, it's a backdoor top ten last year, but I think over like the final 45 holes or something last year, he was the lowest scorer or something like that. It's it's not like he hasn't had success there and and can't do it. It's just about you know it happening at the right time for him. Yeah, and, and to your point about the putting, I'm pretty sure he went from like, I think he was like 155th or something in strokes game putting, and then he switched, and now he's 100th. Now, that's not, 100th is not good, but it's a lot better than 155th, so there's there's been an improvement over the last few tournaments uh, in terms of his putting. For me, it's all about the first 27 holes at Augusta. If he, if he can shoot... I don't know, 34, 33, 36 on the first 27 holes, then you get to the back nine on Friday and you haven't had that. I mean, his issue, and he said this, it's been, it's been having a, a, a blow up nine. Like he's been, he's had a, a nine hole score of 40 or worse each of the last five years. And, and that's just, it's so, it's so difficult to dig yourself out of that hole. If you can get to the back nine on Friday without doing that and, 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 you know, like with the confidence of, of that he hasn't done it yet, I, I think he can. I think he might be lights out. Like I think he could do it. Um, but those first twenty seven holes, I think, are really big for him. Have we? Um, do we know when, when? When did he actually switch the grip? Do we know? Was it before the Honda? After the Northern Trust? Before the Northern Trust? Uh, I think it was Cadillac, wasn't it? Oh, it's before the Cadillac. So he's only had two tournament three, including the match play with the new putting grip. Is that right? I believe so. Okay, because his strokes gained putting during the Cadillac was point six nine seven, so basically point seven strokes, which is very good. During the Arnold Palmer, it was point nine seven three, which is would basically be close to leading the tour if you average that over an entire season. So that was also very good. I, they don't have the stats for the Dell match play, but. Those are his first two stroke play events, but his his putting has been phenomenal. So I think this the site you stat the uh, yeah stat you cited. Sorry, I'm getting excited over here. Uh, I'm recovering from food poisoning still at the moment. So if I there, there might be a pause here where I have to make a run to the restroom here. Um, 
his first two starts with the with the uh, with the new putting grip have been very encouraging, in my opinion. And the, and the stat you cited was a blended rate of you know his strokes gained putting, which included like the fries dot com, where he had a terrible putting week, and uh, the Honda Classic as well. We had another poor one, assuming that we're right on the cutoff of the of the putting grip change. Yeah, I'm, pr- I'm pretty sure he, he missed Honda, then tweeted the picture of him with the with the uh, different grip. And then Cadillac was next, I believe. Cadillac was that following week. You're right. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm pretty. I'm pretty sure that's how it went. I think the other thing with him, I think he's sort of, and I think this takes time unless you're just a freak like Spieth and Tiger. Like I think he's sort of figured out Augusta. I mean, he's 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 met he's been meeting or he's met with the legend Jeff Knox. I mean, I, I don't know how you can not figure it out after that, but. Uh, I think he's sort of figured out like what he has to do there. I think he knows what he has to do, but like one of our friends that probably does not want to be named, he just has these mental lapses over nine holes where he just like drifts out of it for some reason. He's not focused, and then all of a sudden he shoots a forty-one, and you know there goes the tournament. Who's our friend that we don't want to be named? But like I'm missing this one. Well, I just don't know if he wants to be named like kind of rolling on Rory's mental game. Oh, okay. I don't, we'll have to connect on that one. Off. I thought you were, com- I thought you were comparing Rory's game to somebody that we know, and I was like, who do we know that's that good at golf? But okay, um, all right. Jason Day has emerged as the favorite. Do you agree with that? Uh, I guess agree with the betting odds. I'm looking at Sportsbook right now. He's six and a half to one, and he's ahead of Spieth and Rory that are eight to one. Do you agree with that? No, I, I think that Bubba has to be the favorite at Augusta. Wow. See, Shane said the same thing, and I, I just. I, I the the stat that I tried to cite was that outside of his two wins there, his his track record at Augusta is not that good. Um, so I, I don't know what that means. I mean, he's obviously proven that he can win there. I still feel like Spieth should have beat him in 2014. Um, and I, I don't know. I'm digging my own grave again on two different podcasts, <laughs> saying that I don't I don't like Bubba, <laughs> but. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, I just uh, I don't know. Like, just just you're you're right about the top tens. I mean, if you look at the if you look at out, even outside of Bubba's two Masters wins, like all top tens in all other majors. Like, I think he's got like one, and I think it was at Oakmont at the uh, at the U.S. Open. Wow, I'm pretty. You can no. look that up. I'm what? not positive about that. But Did you say the PGA yeah, I, that he was in the playoff? Uh, yeah, uh, I guess that'd be some straights, Yeah. Um, but yeah, he's not been great outside of his two wins at Augusta. I just feel like the way he's played coming in, the way he hits it there, and, and he's another guy. First twenty-seven holes, right? Like you'll know if he's in or out. Yeah. Because if he's out, he's out. But if he's if he's on, then he's gonna be he's gonna be tough to deal with over the weekend. Yeah, you're you're right. Those are the four top tens he has: oh seven U.S. Open, twenty ten PGA, and his Masters wins in twenty twelve and fourteen. But yeah. He followed up the win in 2012 with a T50. He last year he was a T38. Um, so uh, I mean, would you would you bet which one would you bet first? Bubba wins uh, a British Open or Mike Weir wins this year's Masters? <laughs> God, this is this is embarrassing because I picked Bubba to win the win the British last year. <laughs> There's no way he's never going to win a British Open, is he? Well, it's kind of like. I've kind of taken this on more of a, a hedge your happiness thing rather than actually be right. At least if Bubba wins, I can be like, oh, I told you guys, but um, it, it'll offset how angry it would make me. But the worst is that I picked Bubba to win the British, and then Zach Johnson went and won it. I did not properly cover my hedges. 
Uh, Zach Johnson, Augusta, and St. Andrews. That's a, that's a, that's, have you seen the list of people who've won there? Stop, stop. This is, uh, this is not an appropriate conversation for this podcast. It is unbelievable, the list of people who have won there. Zach Johnson's on it. I refuse to address that. But anyways, back to Jason Day. Uh, I'd heard some rumblings from some people thinking that of all the guys in the top three or the top whatever that we made this out to be, he was the most likely guy to drop off. Um, that is clearly not going to be the case. How do we, I, I don't know, I feel like I, I just said this about Rory again, but I, I still don't feel like what he's done in the last 12 months or so, 13 months, if you go back to the Farmers, I don't think it's gotten enough attention. Like, is this seven wins now? I mean, this, that's kind of, I don't want to use that word, but it kind of like that one guy who used to run off seven wins like it was nothing in that time period. Like, that's not a normal thing that happens. Maybe Phil and maybe VJ have done that in the last 15 or so years, but am I right? Well, I mean, this goes back to our, our conversation about historically great players. Like, we might be underplaying how historically great Jason Day, Jordan Spieth, and Rory McIlroy are, right? I, I know we're doing it about Rory because he's about to become probably the greatest European golfer of all time, and people sort of just, like, shrug it off, like, eh, you know, like, he's good. Yeah. And and this is this is just coming in the wake of that one guy who's working on his simulator game right now. Um, I mean, that's that's the issue here, is that, is that we've seen it all before from him, and so it doesn't seem as impressive when it's sort of divvied up amongst three guys. But, no, I mean, Jason Day, six wins in, in his last 13 events, seven in the last, what, 14 months. I mean, he's been unreal. And I heard you guys talk about, you know, who's best is best. And I agree with, I think it was you that said, like, who cares? Yeah. Like, well, it's just awesome. Like, they're all awesome. Like, like the hope should be that they all three play at, at the top of their game in the same week or, or somewhat close to it. So we just get epic tournament after epic tournament. I think that's, I think that's where people get lost a little bit. Yeah. And it's just unrealistic to think that's going to happen. I mean, look at how amazing, like Phil is, and I'm, I've not looked this up. Let's say he's one of the top 12 golfers of all time. I don't know if that's a ridiculous statement or not. I think that I think I had him at 11 a couple years ago. Okay. So, um, and look back at how many times did we see Phil and Tiger at their best in a major? Ever. Did we ever? I mean, maybe maybe Tiger at his best and Phil at his best was when Phil would finish six shots back in second place. I don't know. But, um, I mean, we just don't see like, guys go full out A game like Jason Day did at the PGA last year in majors really ever. I mean, yeah, Speed did it in the Masters last year, and I don't think his A game, that was his A game at the U.S. Open, but... I, mean, I think we really only saw two A games last year. It was Speed at the Masters and Day at the PGA. We we can't count on ever figuring out whether or not we're gonna like it, that on Sunday both guys are gonna have their A games. They're gonna shoot sixty four, sixty five, and we're gonna have a winner. Like I, I don't know. It just seems like a kind of a silly thing. I, I, it's a fun thing to talk about. It's whatever, but it just seems kind of silly. It's like it's it's almost like we look at the way guys win rather than once we moved on from how often they win. It's like okay, we have to find a new way to talk about this, right? I mean, we gotta, like, <laughs> never mind. Okay, we see that you know, Spieth won this year and Days won twice. But if this hypothetical were to happen, what would be better? I don't know. It just seems like a waste of time to me. But do you do you think the big three is silly in the same way? Absolutely. I mean, it's like when when those guys line it up, you know, to start a tournament. You look at the like just the odds difference between like the big three. And Adam Scott when he lines up, the difference is 
the 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 odds difference are the same as like between Adam and Bubba. Like he like Adam's twelve to one right now. Bubba's ten to one. Rory and Spieth are eight to one. That there's no real differentiation there, right? I mean, we're not talking. There's the, those three guys have not separated themselves out enough to really be to really just point at it and say, uh, I I don't know. This is the opposite point I probably made two months ago, where I said the top three in the rankings uh, have clearly set themselves apart. But my point is, my point, no, my point is that when like when you tee it up, there's not a clear cut advantage for any any player. Once you get in that top twelve or whatever, I mean, yeah, our day's chances of winning slightly stronger than you know Dustin Johnson's chance of winning. Sure, I'd, I'd be willing to say that, but the difference is negligible when you're talking about like a percentage chance of winning a tournament when you start it. So. That's why I just don't. I don't know. At the end of their careers, if you want to look at it, and those and three people have truly separated themselves from the historical parts of the game, sure. But Jason Day's won one major at this point. But the, between the three of them, they've won seven. Granted, they're all in their twenties, but like we we can't you can't take anything for granted. Look at K, Exhibit A is that one guy that we're not going to name again. Like you just you don't know. You don't know. Um, the big three could could change to a big four or big five or big two by the end of this year. So that's why you just can't put a label on it at this point. But I don't know. I think, well, I think part of the fun there is just kind of trying to extract the future, right? Like you're trying to extract yeah. who at the because you're right. Like only only time and only history will tell who a true big three was for a certain period or, or whatever the number is. But I think the fun in it and the fun in in all of these little mini debates is like. Is like you're trying to sort of look into the future and, and extract out. I, I I agree. Also, I I also wrote a column at the end of last fall that declared them the big three. So I'm uh, <laughs> I'm sort of trying to like like back up my point here. But I think I, I just think a little bit of it is is trying to move ahead into the future and say you know like you're just trying to predict like who out of this class, out of this group, out of this era is going to stand out 20, 30, 50 years from now. Yeah, no, that's fair. Now, if we're talking about guys that are most likely to do that, that's sure. That's probably this group. But who's to say Ricky Fowler doesn't win four or five majors in his career, right? And then we look back at this, I don't know, in a totally different way. Let's say Jason Day is injured and, uh, you know, his injuries hamper his entire career and he's stuck on one major. Like, I don't know. There's just so much that can still happen. Some of these guys are so young. Bryson DeChambeau is supposed to come in and change the entire game for all of what I've heard. Do we like right? Bryson DeChambeau? Um, do we like Bryson DeChambeau? That's a that's a tricky question. His golf game, I'm pretty much sold on at this point. I, I uh, initially, I'd say I doubted it. I, I I doubted that it could work at the PGA Tour level. I definitely didn't say this game, his game won't ever work. You know, with his his odd uh, specs of his clubs and unorthodox swing. But I just said I wanted to see it. And I wasn't going to initially react either way. I wasn't going to say, you know, if he came out hot, I wasn't going to say, oh, he's the future. And if he came out slow, I wasn't going to be, write him off. So I'm still kind of in that phase of, you know, determining that. But from what I've seen so far, I'm really, really impressed, mostly at what other people are saying about him. Because I think it was one of the Molinaris that played with him and tweeted something and said, uh, one of the most talented players I've ever seen player, like hashtag game changer. And I was like, I, I don't hear other pros talk about other golfers like that, especially an amateur. He's still an amateur, right? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Um, so from that perspective, do I like his golf game? Yes. However, he his kind of weirdness and quirkiness seems almost too intentional at this point. Like, 
you're trying a little too hard at this point, right? I, yeah. I mean, okay. I, I was talking with a buddy today, and he's like, I don't know if this is going to, like, play well among, like, tour pros, like, ever, you know, just traveling around all the time. Like, is this going to, like, is this going to go over well, or are they going to be like, I mean, I don't know. Like, I feel like people have been curious so far. Like, Rory was hitting his clubs in Dubai or wherever they were, and, like, I, I don't know. It, it'll be interesting. Um by the way, you just mentioned one of the Molinari brothers. Like, if you're if you're, if you're trying to like, you know, hashtag build your brand, is it is it a great move to have like Dodo as your Twitter handle? <laughs> I guess it's, that's it's like Dodo M fifty eight or something like that. I don't even I I got to be honest. I don't even know what you're referencing here. Uh, Eduardo Molinari, yeah, is, is Twitter handle, yeah. Oh, that's his actual handle. I thought you were talking about his profile picture. No, his his Twitter handle is Dodo. It's it's bad when even at this point, maybe this is more of a reflection on me than it is them. Uh, I still don't know the difference between the two of them. <laughs> like, I know one of them is better than the other one. You can you could totally convince me either way right now, and I'd totally believe you. Like, oh yeah, I, I think I knew that. I think I knew that. <laughs> People don't people don't understand that I really don't watch much golf anymore. I really, really don't. Uh, people are getting mad that I don't have anything on the website. It's like so you're like a you're like a real sports writer now. Yeah, that's something like sure. <laughs> I can promise you I'm anything but that. But uh, I, I, I at best I'll see the end of a tournament on a Sunday at this point. But it's pretty bad. So people are asking me to write write previews and stuff. It's like I don't know. I don't have anything to say. All I'm going off is reading your guys' dumb tweets out there and reacting to it. That's all I do. <laughs> That seems like a great way to uh, prepare your master's coverage, actually. <laughs> I just, I, I, I called you because you're the most prepared guy I know. I told you, you're, you're carrying me in this podcast. This is like, uh, this, is, uh, this is the flu game for me. This is literally the yeah. flu game. I've got the flu or food poisoning or something, and you're carrying me right now. Will you, put, will you Photoshop my face onto Scotty Pippen? <laughs> I can do that. I've got a lot, I have gotten better at Photoshop lately, so. I'm going to, I'm going to put on those air uh, shoes that he, that were his shoes. Do you remember those? I think so. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah. The, the ones that spelled air on the side? Yep. Air Porter. Yeah, they were awesome. That's those, you. Everybody wanted those shoes like when I was in middle school. That's you. Um, all right, I'm going to go to some questions because I threw it out there. and We got some really good questions, I thought. so. I'm excited. I, I, okay. Whose career would you rather have? This is from at clubhouse underscore lead. Whose career would you rather have? Jeff Knox or three-time major champion Padraig Harrington? <laughs> <laughs> Gary Van Sickle of, of Golf.com just dropped a profile of Knox, and the the ending to it was basically Jeff Knox was like is unavailable for interviews um, because he runs everything like through Augusta National uh, because he's a member there and everything. But he did a little research on him, and apparently he's he's won a bunch of Georgia mid amateurs, almost won the the Georgia Amateur. Um, and Keegan, uh, I think it was Keegan Bradley said like, he, he, like he's unbelievably good at Augusta National. Uh, Kevin Kisner said if, if he played, uh, if every tournament was played at Augusta National, which by the way would be awesome, uh, Jeff Knox would be on tour. So Patrick Harrington probably has more money, although I'm not positive about that. Uh, I guess. I'm definitely not positive. Actually, I'm pretty positive that's not correct. I think. 
think I would. I think I might go Jeff Knox. Yeah, I think his life is probably pretty awesome, right? Yeah, he, like you just play a guy, like. Yeah, one one of those two guys can show up at Augusta and play any day of the week, and it's not Patrick Harrington. <laughs> I'm in. I'm going Jeff. That's a great question, isn't it? Um, Steve Shermer at Sports Sherm also asked, "Who'd shoot lower right now, Tiger from the member tees or Jeff Knox from the tips?" <laughs> oh, that's not even a question. I mean, is Tiger only playing like 14 holes or what? <laughs> The member tees at Augusta are kind of a joke, if I understand right. They're like 6,400 yards or something like that. But uh, I'm not positive Tiger can get around a 6,400-yard course at this point. No, no. I'm taking knocks there. Um, The Tour Junkies, at Tour underscore Junkies, want to know, would you commit a crime if someone promised you a golf weekend at Augusta? And if so, how heinous of a crime? I feel contractually obligated to pass on this question. I'm actually terrified to say anything right now. I didn't mean to walk you into that trap, but I think I would. I think I'd go to like Grand Larceny, probably somewhere in that. Maybe, maybe even arson. Um, well, Spee's committed some arson last year at Augusta. So that's true. He's got he's gotten away with it. So yeah, maybe yeah. I, w- I would do the same. Um, Sarah Endicott wants to know if she should be betting all of her savings on Jason Day or only half of her savings. Uh, so the thing that worries me here is, is so he's taking his RV down there to set up shop at Augusta, I think today, actually, Thursday, Thursday before. I feel like, he, I mean, he's a guy who traditionally has gotten in his own head a little bit, and I feel like he, I don't know, I just feel like he's so like into winning it and, and, and the whole deal. I almost feel like the the Rory route of just like hanging in Florida until you go there and just not, not, not caring, but just being a little bit more just laid back about it. I feel like that's helpful. And and so I don't know, it's, it's easy to pick day, but I'm, I'm kind of out on him winning it this year. Okay. Um, Tucker Blankenship wants to know if you could decide what the format and holes for playoff at Augusta is, would you go with a, what would you go with? And is it a three hole aggregate on amen corner? I mean, you, I saw you talk about this the other day. I think I forgot what you said, but you got to go. I mean, do you go 12, 13, skip 14, and then go 15, 16 that's, aggregate? That's exactly what I proposed to uh, Shaq and uh, House to talk about on their pod. I haven't listened yet. I'm assuming they didn't talk about it. But uh, I think it may be an issue with daylight at that point, but you can't tell me that isn't like the best possible playoff in all of golf. You get to see all those holes again. Aggregate score. Um, you get to skip 14, which is probably the least compelling hole in that stretch. You got to, You start with a nervy tee shot over water. You end with a, t- a nervy tee shot over water. Two awesome par fives in between. Tell me that's better than playing Holly, a dog leg right, uphill par four every every like that's basically until you finally go over to number ten. Uh, that's not even a comparison, in my opinion. Well, I, I like I like that it's two par fives and two par threes, and the secret or kind of the sneaky fun thing there is that I don't like ending tournaments on a par three, but there, if somebody's down, um, you know, one or two, like there's a real chance to throw it up on the hill and let it roll down for an ace on sixteen. Right? I mean, can you can you imagine what that would be like? Yeah, I mean, I, I'm I'm in on that. Okay, good. Well. Uh... 
Wait, if you see Billy around the grounds next week, will you uh, will you tell him that I said that? Yeah, no, I'll tell him that Ad Nolan wants to change the format of, of his historic uh, tournament, uh, which is in its 80th year, by the way. Please, do, please do not send him, refer him to my Twitter feed, please. <laughs> um, if you could make any changes to Augusta National, to the any particular holes of uh, the course as a whole, what kind of changes would you like to see made? Uh, I'll let you go first because I feel like you've thought about this more than I. I have thought about it. Um, I don't. I, and well, also because I'm scared to answer. <laughs> I don't really know what what I would change about eleven, but I would probably just start with blowing up eleven and then kind of rearranging it based on uh, where the impact zones were on the bombs. Um, you, you know what? I, I talked to so one of the pieces I'm doing before the Masters is is players' favorite holes and. I talked to Justin Rose the other day, mm-hmm. and he said eleven was his favorite hole. That's because he's Justin Rose. Like he just he's annoying, and he's like <laughs> that's such a Justin Rose answer. Like oh, I'm gonna <laughs> my answer is gonna be different than everyone else. Like oh, I like eleven. Blah, blah blah. It's probably just like the shadiest spot on the course, and doesn't have to wear those enormously comical size sunglasses. <laughs> I put zero stock in that answer. <laughs> Continue on, though. I love... I've never played the course before. The guy almost won the Masters. I, I supposedly am a better source of information on what to do with number 11. But I mean, it's not a fun hole, in my opinion, because you guys are hitting, like, four woods and hybrids and just bailing out so far right to stay out of the water, and it becomes a, a, an up-and-down contest. And I don't know. It's not fun anymore. I, I, I don't know. It, it was kind of a joke the way Tiger used to play it and what caused the changes, but... The whole point of Augusta National when Bobby Jones and Alistair McKenzie designed it was that you would have options off the tee, and the, the, it was supposed to be for the creative player, and it was about creating angles, and the modern game has kind of ruined that and that you can just kind of bomb it and figure it out from there. Um, so I agree that there had to be changes made, but a lot of the changes that have been made just take any like chance of strategy out of it. Like on 11, you just reach for the driver. There's no, there's no strategy with that tee shot at all. It's not the way the course is intended to be played. I agree it makes it harder, but um, now the course is a lot more about being able to execute off the tee, like, having that be a key, very key part of the game, than um, that wasn't you know what, what those guys intended. But those guys are long gone, and the game has changed a lot since then. But um, yeah, 11 is the one I want to change the most. Um, I think I got, I got a lot of heat for saying I wanted to change number three. I just don't think it's that great of a hole. Some people... It's kind of the opposite of what I said, though. There are a lot of options off that tee. I just don't, I don't find like a sixty-yard weird pitch to a tabletop green to be a uh, a real good, real good test of golf. Not a lot of people agree with me on that one. Uh, I think seven could be changed a lot. They've lengthened that so much, but not uh, giving the fairway any extra width. And guys are hitting their approaches off the downslope to a green that's really funky shaped and surrounded by bunkers. I just, I don't like the way that hole plays now. Um, but you want me to keep going or something? what else? You well, just my, stop. Is not the one that I don't necessarily love, and I saw people arguing about this on Twitter the other day. I don't know whose side I'm on here, but I don't love 14. I mean, yeah. okay, so this is all relative, right? Like, obviously, all the holes are amazing, but right. compared to the rest of the back nine, 14 just doesn't. I don't mind 11. I think 11's fine, but 14 is just like I don't know. It just doesn't do it for me. And then the change I would make is to figure out, and, and this would, I don't know, this this could be argued, I don't know if people will like this, but I, w- I would try to, and I think we talked about this last year maybe, figure out how to end the tournament on 15. 
Yeah. And and have that be the final hole. I, I just think that, I mean, the drama there would be, um, I don't know, 18, is, it's just a tough birdie hole. And so there's not there's not the drama of being able to, to birdie it and win. There's the drama of maybe making bogey or double to lose. But I, I don't know. I, I, I would like it better, I think, if 15 was, was the end. Yeah, I mean, if 15 was the end, that would be amazing. But it just the way that... Uh, geographically works out with the course. It just it can't end that way. But right. I will say, at least on the 18 on Sunday, they do put the pin in a very favorable spot. So it gives guys a chance for birdie, and they do set it up for drama. And we've seen a decent amount of Sunday birdies on that hole that have been very meaningful. Thinking back to Tiger in 2002, I believe, to win by two. I think it was to win by two. Yeah, Marco Mira birdied it to win. Schwartzel birdied it to win. Uh, Adam Scott obviously birdied to what ended up Cabrera. going to a playoff. Cabrera did right on top of him. Um, so it's provided a little bit of drama just in being the last hole, though. I don't think it's a very uh, uphill holes in general are typically not great golf holes, and I don't think I don't think 18 is any exception. But I, I don't know what you change about 18. Just the way that the the course sets up from a layout standpoint, that's how you have to get back to the clubhouse. So I don't yeah. think anything's changing there. So. Uh, the the tremendous Jake Nichols at Jow Nichols says past champions competing and non competing you would take to beat Tiger next week. Uh, everybody but Ian Woosnam. <laughs> wow, You're taking weird, taking weird over Tiger. I mean, can Tiger can Tiger hit driver? Like, do we are we like do, do we definitively know that? That's fair. That's a fair point. <laughs> but, way, you, but know, you have you so know, little, you have so little faith in Ian Woosnam that you're willing to say Tiger without able to hit a driver. <laughs> I watched a clip today. Do you remember a couple of years ago when it was a clip of Rory? He was going down like a list of people in the tournament that he thought could win. I don't know why he was doing this at a press conference, yeah. but he was talking about he, he goes you know Stuart Sink you know just going down this list and then he gets to Ian Woosnam and he goes no and everybody was like. What? <laughs> and, and he goes, oh, I didn't mean to say that out loud. <laughs> I love that that is like something like you could get in trouble for saying. You know, like Literally every person on the planet could tell you that Ian Woosom's not going to win the Masters, but if Rory says it, oh my God, he's counting on a fellow competitor. <laughs> yeah, uh, no, uh, Marco Mira finished uh, ahead of Bubba Watson last year. How about that? Oh, wow. Did he really? Marco Mira was T22 last year. Bubba was T36. My God. I did not know that. Um, I think Sandy Lyle's a sleeper for this year simply only because <laughs> after, he missed, <laughs> after he missed the cut last year, they showed him warming up on the range on Saturday. <laughs> Which is exactly what we would be doing. Exactly. That's what I tweeted. I said, he'd be doing exactly what I would be doing. I'd stay there until they kicked me out. <laughs> uh, yeah. No, I, I mean... I, by the way, did you know uh, Trevor Immelman is ranked like 1,650th in the world right now? I don't even think the rankings go that high, do they? He, he won, Well, maybe it's just like the default for like once you get past the end. But he won the Masters eight years ago. It's not like he won it in like 1984. Man. he's like, Is he still exempt into other majors with that Master wins? I don't think he is, is he? No, I think it's only five years. Oh, let's see. Oh, my. He is 1,666. I thought that like they stopped at one thousand five hundred something. Well, I guess not. Wow, they made a special exemption for him. That's bad. Um, <laughs> another really good question. Tim uh, Ragones, Ragones, Ragones. I uh, don't know how to say that. Sorry. 
You can go back in time and see one master shot live in person. Which do you choose? I know, I know what you're choosing. Yeah, well, I think it's going to be the same one. Well, are we? Well, yeah, I mean, I mean, you you know, I want to see the Bubba hooked wedge, right? On t- <laughs> that's that's amazing i i think uh i mean you obviously can we just exclude like tiger on 16 okay yeah that's that's the easy one right yeah so i'm I'm with you which uh yeah no okay let's exclude that um i mean there's like 11 shots from nicholas in 86 that would have been awesome that's the thing is i'm trying to think of one right now from that round and i can't really i think i think for me and this is this is a little bit of of nostalgia because I always the, the times that I've gone I've always sat on 16 with my parents with friends with my wife whatever we, we always sit on 16 so we've got a lot of good memories there and just that tee shot he hit there uh when he said which by the way was this the genesis of, of tour sauce yeah this was this was the this is it's the, this is the omega this is yeah, the beginning be good oh it is oh, and it he is. didn't even look he just picked up his tee it was, it's the best thing ever have you ever heard jack nicholas tell that story i think i've only heard it 16 times so far in 2016 <laughs> so good though and and he uh, yeah i mean that i think for me that would probably be it although larry mize chipping in in uh, in 87 would have been pretty awesome too to beat norman come on that would have been heartbreaking oh it'd have been it would have been great though i mean it's from augusta like come on that would have been awesome oh god i just saw a tweet from golf digest that says bubba watson goes shirtless for some reason to promote his new sock deal and there's a picture yeah. in Okay. I got that. I got an email about that earlier and just deleted it. Okay, thank you. Um, I don't know. I th- I'm trying to think of another Tiger shot, though, that would be up there. There's not one that's on that level. There's definitely not. Uh, but in his 90, there's just not a moment in 97 that really stands out. It's like, I needed to see that live. But it's probably going to be Nicholas's putt on 17 and 86 on Sunday. Yeah. That just set the place off. My grandpa was there and. He still tells me about that. So um. I, I had a uh, there, we were on a conference call with uh, Jim Nance and uh, Nick Faldo today, and Nance called it one of the great days of his life. <laughs> Don't you have like? Doesn't he have like three kids or something like that? He said it was one of the one of the great days of his life. He also <laughs> pretended like. So when he got on the conference call, somebody asked him a question, and he said, uh, okay, could you hold on a second? Yeah, could you bring that, that uh, toast back after you burn it a little more? Um, could you bring it back to me here in a minute? Like, he pretended like he had room service in there burning his toast. What? Okay, I've completely missed the burnt toast story or whatever. I've seen this going around Twitter today. Can you catch me up on that? Well, uh, I didn't read the entire thing. I've basically only seen it on Twitter, too, and apparently he... He likes his toast burnt, and he like carries a laminated photo of it in his wallet so he can show people at restaurants like how he likes it. What? I think that's the real story. It's I've, kind of embarrassing that neither one of us like have actually read the real story. I feel like I, I'm embarrassed to do that. Like when I go get my hair cut somewhere new, like taking in a picture. Like, do you take I, in a picture of like uh, like Tom Brady? Do I do it like this? Well, I do. I do like I've taken a picture from when I had more hair. Like I've started to lose a little bit more hair, so they're always really confused. Like, like I can't make you like grow hair back in this receding hairline part. Like, <laughs> so Justin Thomas in like is in like twenty years going to have to take a picture of himself when he was like twenty. Yeah, I don't know if I think he's going to be having to take that into like a hair clinic or whatever. Whatever the whatever LeBron did to grow his hair back, I think that's where. <laughs> That's where Thomas is going to take his picture in. 
He needs to he needs to be friends with Rooney. Exchange some direct messages. There you go. Uh, 50 minutes in, I think we're safe that JT is not listening this far in case that he was listening. So, um, I'm not going to get you in trouble by making you answer this question, but I want to read it out loud because it's hilarious. All right. Okay, what these questions are awesome. Give me, let's, let's get to a couple more. I, it's hard to like read these and talk at the same time. There's so many, so many good ones. Um, all right. Car for the course. Who's the seat filler in Butler cabin if DeChambeau wins it? Follow up. Predict Nance's call if he does. So who's the top? Am- I don't know how would that work if an amateur won it. Uh, I don't know I any don't other know. amateurs. Would they bring in like the second amateur? I don't even. I don't know another amateur that I could possibly name. At this there's point. a ga- there's an amateur in the field. He won the U.S. Mid Am last year. I tweeted this out earlier today. He won it on a walk off ace on a par four. I do remember seeing that. Get out of here! How cool is that? <laughs> How'd you get into the Masters? Oh, I aced a par four at the U.S. Mid Am. <laughs> Oh, cool. I finished top 50 in the world golf ranking. If that was me, you wouldn't have to ask that question. That's just how I would start conversations. I wouldn't even say my name first. Uh, For for DeChambeau winning, Nance's call has to be, um, I mean, it's got to reference Bobby Jones, right? Oh, yeah. Something I was going to go with. One for the Jones family, something like that. (laughs) (laughs) By the way. I wanted to I wanted to mention this when I saw I was looking looking at the picture today of Phil winning in two thousand four and him jumping and running and hugging his family and uh, remembering back to ninety nine when he had his first kid right around the U S Open. Do you think it's a coincidence that both of his two subsequent kids were had well clear of major season? <laughs> no, I do not think that's a coincidence. <laughs> I don't think there's any chance that's a coincidence. Like. Kevin Streelman and Danny Willett had, uh, like, their their kids were born recently. They were thinking about not playing the Masters. Like, that will never, or that, well, I guess, it <laughs> definitely won't now. But that that was not a, no chance with Phil after, after none. the first one. Absolutely none. Uh, Aaron Oberhalzer asked a very important question. Should you go pimento cheese or egg salad? Is it situational? Well, you got to go egg salad early because you don't want the egg salad to sit around all day. Okay. That's so I go I go egg salad early and then pimento uh, in the afternoon. Okay. See, I'm not an egg salad guy at all, so this is a very easy easy question for me. But I I get in trouble for this every year when I say pimento cheese sandwich is way overhyped. Oh, I'm hiding. I'm hiding behind my desk. Yeah, I mean it's it's sort of like it's sort of like. Um, I don't know what it's like. I mean, it's just it's it's rated so highly that it's difficult. It can't be underrated, right? It's either rated properly or it's overrated. Well, it like maybe was underrated at one point, then became so rated that it's overrated. Yeah, I don't think I've worded that properly, but um, I mean, somebody tried to tell me it's just like it's like store bought pimento. It's not special cheese. It's just like a tub of pimento cheese that they spread on a piece of bread. Well, I think uh, I think Wright Thompson did a story on this a couple of years ago, and I think it is from like some uh, cater- not caterer, but somebody. Again, I'm actually worried to comment on this, but go, just go look up the Wright Thompson story. He did a whole story on the pimento cheese. Okay, it's good. well, thank you for just completely undermining me on my own podcast. Like uh, you told me to carry you, and so that's, that's what I'm trying to. This do. is true. This is true, but. Um, all right, any other surprises uh, or any other things we haven't talked about when it comes to the Masters this week? I think uh, anybody we, we've really completely – we barely even talked speed, really. 
Well, you're gonna feel you're gonna feel silly when when uh, Patty Reed's getting fitted for like a 48 uh, long jacket on Sunday afternoon, and and you've gone the whole year without mentioning. I know I know you're gun shy after last year, but it could happen. Well, I can always fall back on my tweet from today, which was his scripting. And uh, I don't know if you saw this. I, I put, didn't see it yet. <laughs> I put a. Uh, I put. He, he released his scripting today from Callaway, and I uh, may or may not have put a green jacket over his Sunday red. On, uh. <laughs> <laughs> the best is I'm getting responses that people think that that's actually what happened. <laughs> that he released his scripting with the green jacket on on Sunday. Yeah, no, I, I just, it's its so hard to see somebody outside of the, the top 10 or 11 favorites winning it. Um, DeChambeau would be a crazy, cool story, but it's just, I mean, first-timers, I mean, we know the history there. We tried to pick Kepke last year, and it's just hard to do it. I mean, even somebody like Justin Thomas, it's just, it's difficult to do. Um, What's your main focus going to be during the week? Are you? I don't. I'm guessing you're not going to be the normal tweet storm. You know, if you're if you're actually there, you got to you got to make use of the uh, access you get there, right? Yeah, I, I don't. I I'm not totally sure. I've got some. I'm I'm trying to file all my kind of preview stuff at the end of this week, and then when I'm there, I think I'm just gonna uh, you know just walk around as much as I can, talk to as many people as I can, do do try to do stuff like what I did with uh, Tiger at the PGA last year when I caught him on a practice round and, and wrote about that. I, I just feel like being at a place informs – you don't get to write as much. You don't get to tweet as much, especially at Augusta because you can't have your phone. But being there, the atmosphere, just the everything that goes on, it really informs the things you write a lot better. So I'm fired up about it. It's going to be a lot of fun. Well, enjoy it. I'm quite quite envious of, uh, of your experience and um – yeah, anything that you've written that you like don't really like, if you want to give me like your bottom barrel stuff, can you just like email it over to me and I can post it because I probably won't have any time to write anything. And I know you, you've written more. <laughs> your, the, your stuff that you probably aren't even posting is more than I am capable of writing before the start of the master. So just email it my way. I could go, I'll be, yeah, go, you're my ghostwriter from here on out. Yeah, I'll just have my editor like all the stuff he cuts out, he just emails to you and you can just paste it all together. Just random <laughs> sentences. I don't even care if they make sense. That's fine. <laughs> I've got to be on a flight back to the U.S. in like 12 hours and I'm going to have no time before the Masters, unfortunately. So, But, well, my friend, Masters week is almost here. Uh, I appreciate you helping me break it down. I think we've covered most of everything, but we probably didn't even mention the winner because that's usually how these things go. Martin Keimer, 2016. <laughs> now, I uh, I appreciate everybody's tweets and questions. That was re- that's, yeah. that's awesome. The questions were fantastic. I, I, yeah. I, if, if I get questions this good, I will start doing mailbags again. They were fantastic. But, yeah, uh, they were really, really good. Really so good. I appreciate, I appreciate you having me on, Chris. Of course, man. Call, follow Kyle on Twitter, at KylePorterCBS. And uh, we will catch up again soon, buddy. Thank you. Okay, see you. Be the right club. Be the right club today. Yeah. I mean, that's better than most. How about him? That is better than most. Better than most. Expect.